0: there is no reason no place to call home when you're lost in the city the city you've been living what is the question well, there's no answer not even a no meaning at all The city where we reside is not a place you can hide it's
1: bright There's not a place you can lie to rest your
0: weary head When it's hanging by a needle and
2: thread Hello and welcome to our podcast brought to you by Resultant Group and Companies Zero Waste. I'm your host Dave Gadgetar. The world is continuously changing. The role of business, government, communities, and families are also changing. This continuous change is ours to manage as we have the capacity, capabilities, and technologies to and influence the future we desire. Our series of podcasts attempts to calm the fears of the unknown and support continuous changing that is happening around us. We have on the line today with us Scott Donicky, the CEO of Companies of Zero Waste, and uh, we have a special guest this this morning that Scott is going to introduce. So,
1: Scott. Yeah. So um, I'm Scott Donickey, the CEO. We want to welcome he- Helen Lohman, the uh, the president of Keeping America Beautiful. Uh, we're very honored to have you today, Helen, and thank you, Dave, uh, our chairman. And so I'll leave it up to you guys, and let's yes uh, get going on this. Thank you. Thank
0: you.
2: Yeah. Uh, good morning, uh, Helen, and welcome to our podcast. Before we get into the podcast, Helen, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience and what you do and your role in quick bio, please?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as Scott mentioned, my name is Helen Lohman, and I'm president and CEO of Keep America Beautiful. And um, Keep America Beautiful is a 67 year old nonprofit uh, that works to end littering improve recycling, and beautify communities. And um, we work directly with about 650 uh, Keep America Beautiful affiliate organizations across the country and millions of volunteers who um, work to meet the goals of our mission.
2: Thank you, Ellen. That title and the organization of uh, Keep America Beautiful is sounds like a daunting task.
0: (laughs) It It does. You're right, and it is.
2: (laughs) And as a result of that, what I'm, what I'm suspecting is that you touch multiple communities, industries, and levels of government.
0: Absolutely, Uh, we work uh, very closely in uh, a tri-sector partnership. Um, it's the base of how we were founded and also in every, every project we work on. So um, we believe in the shared responsibility of our work, so we closely um, partner with you know, local governments, state governments, um, federal government, as well as with huge multinational corporations all the way down to
2: small local businesses. Excellent. So that leads me to the next uh, point of discussion is that this COVID-19 pandemic. What is confirmed for me is that our problem of whether we attribute it to keeping America beautiful or doing the right things comes down to not so much that products and service and uh, disposable items are bad, but as the behaviors around it. What I've seen, and you could uh, elaborate on this, is that during this pandemic, people's behavior of disposable items and throwing gloves and masks and littering with it everywhere. We see the value of these products, of these disposable products, and during the pandemic, it protects us, it provides safe environments and, and allow us to integrate. But what's giving it a bad name is our own behaviors and our own recklessness, if you want to call it that. From your lens in keeping America beautiful, what are some of the things that you've realized by, through the impact of this pandemic?
0: It's a really great question, Dave. And um, I would just, you know, this whole issue of the littering of masks, gloves, and wipes is, it's just a really incredible, it's really upsetting to see. Um, If you're in the business of litter like I am, Um, I mean, it's understandable that people were concerned and are concerned about transmitting the virus and they, you know, they left their PPE outside for for other people to clean up. But it's really not the type of community ethos that we want to endorse or even support for that matter. And, um, you know, we've always, as I mentioned before, we've always been about a shared responsibility and, you know, at its core, that's as simple as cleaning up after yourself and COVID-19 really should not have changed that. Um, And it's a good reminder that organizations like keep America beautiful Remain necessary and relevant to remind and educate people that we all have a responsibility to put our waste in the proper place, and that is never um, littered in the environment. You know, no matter what kind of environment it it is, whether it's urban, suburban, rural, a public space, anywhere, street. you know, those items, those, that PPE belongs in the trash.
2: Correct. You know, it's it's frustrating to see the behavior of people, even especially during a pandemic, and they're concerned about their own protection and safety, yet they're littering and disposing of material that could harm, potentially harm others. And it's, it's sad. And I could imagine the order of magnitude for an organization such as yours to keep America beautiful. But Looking beyond it, it's always, uh, citizens always seem to think it's a government problem or industry problem. But it's really our individual responsibility when it comes down to most of what you guys do. Would that be fair?
0: I I think that um, one of the things that we focus on is on educating individuals. But um, we do that in partnership. With, um, with corporations, we do that in partnership with other nonprofits, we do that in partnership with government, but our, our focus is on um, teaching and educating individuals to properly manage their waste.
2: Right. One of the things that we've seen over the years is that as the development of the oil and gas industry and the petrochemical industries, plastics has taken off. We've also seen that plastics has enabled a certain quality of life across the health and human services industries and the household comforts. You know, it's promoted at a miracle material and it's also enabled us to have a certain quality of life and allows us for certain levels of protection and and drive the healthcare system to where it is today. From your lens, how do you see and how do you guys feel about the plastics industries where it is today and the behaviors around single-use plastics or reusable plastics?
0: Yeah, great question. You know, it's, plastic today is, I mean, it's, it's practically villainized by many as, you know, a a huge environmental scourge. And, but that's just, you know, that idea is just focusing on the, on the plastic end of life, on plastic waste. And plastic, the reality is plastic reduces weight for shipping uh, to, and that reduces um, greenhouse gas. It keeps food fresh longer. Uh, there's a lot of things that it's it it's helpful to, um, you know, related to the PPE issue. It's also incredibly sanitary and hygienic. And so so I'm not I'm not opposed to plastics, assuming they're disposed of properly and you know, just to add to this, we're very excited about some new technologies that are under development that can take plastics that are difficult to recycle using our currently mechanical process into new advanced um Chemical recycling reprocessing systems. And what that does is it breaks down, breaks the, the plastics down to their building blocks to make brand new plastics at a mo- molecular level. So, you know, we're actually looking at doing a pilot this year with a partner in Texas where our affiliates and volunteers will collect plastic film and packaging like wrappers and potato chip chip bags through their litter cleanups and um they will you know go to this um company in texas that will break them down chemically and and provide raw materials back to the market so these are normally items you know that our volunteers are picking up along the roadside many of them um, that would not be able to be recycled. They would go to a landfill, and so we're just trying to pilot some new options and see how it works.
2: Yeah, we have a company in uh, in Alberta that that reuses seven different types of contaminated plastics to create biodiesel with with zero emissions. The company has been in operation for over two and a half years now.
0: Yeah, that's so, that's so it's so needed. There's so many different ways. That um, we can we can look at at disposing of our waste in right. in better with better methods a
2: lot of it is driven by our behaviors and our personal and our own accountabilities I think if we start doing things differently, we could become more efficient in what we do. You talked about the education aspect of it and you edu- educate communities individuals and and probably I would imagine you would take that to different educational um, Institutes such as high schools and primary schools and stuff. What's your educational model, and how does that work?
0: So it works in many different ways. We uh, we educate. We we have education programs everything from you know K through twelve all the way up to um, public education and um, you know huge campaigns that we have. So um, our our school level education is a curriculum that we call waste in place. And it teaches students about how to properly dispose of their waste. And then um, after that, we we have education campaigns that um, are on social media. Um, we have campaigns that we push out through um, public service advertising. You know, it's interesting, Dave, that's actually how Keep America Beautiful started. We started as an organization that put out PSAs to educate um, Americans to dispose of their their waste correctly and appropriately. Um, so we have a, a long history of that, and it's something we still do to this day.
2: So on that topic, you know, the education, you you probably have seen a lot of changes from the organization perspective. You guys have been around for a long time. So in the last two or three years, what have changed and what do you see as a trend towards the future? I know you can't predict the future, but what are some of the trends that you see in, from your lens?
0: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, some things have changed and clearly some things have not. We're still, you know, putting out, public service ads and I think you know in the beginning um, this the story in 1953 the story was was quite new you know as a society we really didn't know how to adapt to disposable packaging and now it's the norm and the recycling movement has become the center of attention Um, although litter remains you know a real serious issue and like you know, like we talked about, why people littering their PPE. Um, so so yeah, we spend a lot of energy educating people about recycling, and recycling is really quite complicated um, because in the United States there isn't a national recycling standard, and so what's recyclable varies community by community. Correct. And um, so what's what's particularly interesting about that. Is in addition to encouraging people who aren't really engaged in recycling, we also have to address people that are what what are commonly called aspirational recyclers. So these are people that put things in the bin in their recycling bin that aren't recyclable in their markets, and that um, is what the industry calls contamination. Right. So. Um, so, so we're we're trying to educate at t- a lot of different levels and a lot of different audiences about about recycling and about litter. And you know, the other thing I will say is that as a nation, our perception of beauty has also shifted over the years. So, you know, in in the 1950s, there was this mid-century Americana ideal of kind of you know the white picket fence and the manicured lawn. And now, you know, there's this great variety and diversity that's based on the needs and the culture of, of the communities that we serve. So, for example, you know, in the South, that might mean xeriscaping. Um, in cities, you know, there's these incredible urban gardens, and you know, the idea of urban art has completely changed. And so, that's another thing that's quite different from um, how we started in the 1950s. Right.
2: Just coming back to the topic of recycling, one of the things that I've noticed is that, you know, the perception of recycling is someone else's problem. But if we start looking at recycling as a manufacturing process with inputs into that process, maybe our frame of reference will change. In in addition to that, I think one of the things that we have to do, and I think you mentioned it a few minutes ago, is the fact that every jurisdiction not only sees uh, recycling and and does the recycling differently, but they have different laws and and, and, uh, policies and regulations around recycling, and there's no consistency around it. So it makes it more expensive and less efficient to continuously do it sustainably. These are some of the things that organizations like Companies of zero waste, and yourself, and keeping America beautiful, and stuff, could start informing the regulators and the decision makers that we have to work together towards integrating and looking at the dependencies across jurisdictions to help the industry become more efficient. Is that um, these are some of the things that we are learning as we go forward, and we keep we have to keep pushing. And uh, pushing in the right direction, not only to make it more effective and efficient, but also to lower the cost of waste handling.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's there's so many opportunities in terms of recycling and uh, creating a circular economy. That uh, in, you know, here in the United States, there's. There and there's also so many people working to make it better and to provide access uh, to more more Americans as well. Um, it's it's definitely a, a a large issue for us, um, but there there are a ton of incredible opportunities out there for us to. To do better and increase and improve.
2: Yeah, from your lens, and you know, dealing on on the the opposite side of it, where you're dealing with the aftermath of product use. What would you say to industry? Is their responsibility in mitigating that? And also, how do you reconcile the product litter with industry's responsibility?
0: Well, I mean, as I as I mentioned before, you know, we do see this as a shared responsibility. You know, we see, uh, you know, we see we see alignment. We've worked in uh, in tri sector partnerships, and um, our, you know, our partners they produce products and services to meet consumer demand, and and they do that in a a, a fast paced, hectic marketplace. And, you know, the reality is that modern consumers demand convenience and right. ease of use. And so, At you know, point. as an organization, we certainly don't make judgments about purchase behaviors. Um, we are 100 percent focused on disposal behaviors. OK. And so with that convenience comes, a you know, a responsibility to dispose of waste properly, properly. And and this you know, this has been true since our founding in 1953. And frankly, I, you know, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Okay. So as the market shifts towards greater sustainability and reuse and compostable packaging, um, educating consumers on how to manage and reduce their solid waste, uh, you know, it, it's going to remain. And and frankly, it it may even get more complicated.
2: So moving forward, what are some of the opportunities that you see
0: well um goodness there are so many um where do, where do i start um <laughs> so I, you know for keep america beautiful um we have a incredible robust affiliate network uh throughout the united states that that i mentioned already um that that is is with a large focus in southern states and you know, we'd like to have a strong affiliate organization in every single community in the United States. Um, you know, recently we've been looking at the return on investment of having a Keep America Beautiful affiliate in a community, and the numbers are really, really impressive. And in some cases, we're actually calculating a 40 times um, ROI, which is offsets much of the work that would normally be supported by tax dollars just with a little organized volunteering. And and when we achieve our goal of ending litter, the investments that municipalities make in cleaning public spaces could actually be reduced or perhaps even eliminated. And, you know, just to go on about this a little bit more, some estimates say There are $11 trillion of plastic uh, in the environment. And that's, you know what, that's a crazy number. And it indicates that there's an opportunity to completely rethink the economic model of waste. And also related, um, you know, the market is changing and consumers are beginning to demand circularity in their purchase decisions, which requires mass education on disposal, to ensure the products are, in fact, contributing to a circular economy.
2: No, absolutely, and absolutely. Yeah, because when we think of circularity, and you know, I don't think we have a common understanding of what that means. Because it's not just about reuse, but it's about energy consumption, it's about emissions, it's about contamination. So the holistic view around it, and um, we need to start getting to a common. Understanding, not a definition, but an understanding of what circularity really means to communities. Scott, is there anything you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, I had a, I had a question, and this is just—I have two kids that are 15 and 18, Helen, and I feel that the—and um, this is just my perspective—but I feel like educating the youth is really going to change uh, the future, um, and it's very hard to change people's cognitive behavior behavioral issues as you know especially with adults it's very challenging um i've had some you know the commercials from when i was a kid smoky the bear the crying native american got milk all these things stick with me like what is a commercial that you would give if you had to like you know put together and wave a magic wand to these youth today like what what's the visual that you see for them for this new movement in moving towards circularity and zero waste That, that kab would 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 put out to that audience
0: yeah yeah so it's a great question and in fact we are right now working on a new PSA on uh the issue of recycling um plastic plastic bottles and um it's I can't give it away but (laughs) um but I will say that we've done a lot of interesting focus groups and, you know, the kind of things that resonate with the millennial age group are really around, you know, uh, the, the kind of things they're seeing on TikTok. And, you know, really short, catchy messages. Um, but this is a generation that really cares about climate. And really cares about doing the right thing in terms of climate. Because they they see this as absolutely essential to their future
2: absolutely. and to their life. So, you know, that leads me to the next uh, the next question that I'd like to share with our audience is that although the, the PSAs are there, how do people and organizations learn more about the work that um, Keep America Beautiful is doing and how do they get involved to keep America clean, green and beautiful?
0: Well, um, I would love for every one of your listeners to go to our website which is kab.org org and um, at that website they can find out how to get involved with their local affiliate if they want to do something with their um, local group I will also say that um, we just recently launched um, an activity uh, that's virtual since we're all going virtual these days um, that's called the Virtual Great American Cleanup. And you can register for that through our website. Um, and also another site that I would uh, promote that's attached to our website is called dobeautifulthings.org. And it's a site that we launched just, you know, for this uh, period of time, this pandemic that reflects and shows some beautiful things that everyday people are doing across this country um, so it's a it's a fun site and it's a great way to kind of see what's really happening um, around the country with regards to keeping America clean, green and beautiful
2: Ex- Excellent, I think we're running out of time here but uh, before we go I just want to make a comment and then I'll give you uh, both you, Scott and Helen a chance to leave some thoughts to, with our listeners. But as we go forward, we know that climate change is gonna continue naturally. However, we as inhabitants of this earth has the opportunity to optimize the resources that we have access to that occurs naturally around us to mitigate waste, to mitigate emissions and contaminations and to enable the environment we desire. We all wanna make a difference, but it all starts with us. We have to do what is right, And what we know is right today may be wrong tomorrow. And this is all part of progress. And companies like Keep America Beautiful, organization and Keep America Beautiful, companies of zero waste and other companies are doing their little part. But the cumulative effect of all this will give us the results we want, but we have to be on it and continuously change as we learn. So, Helen, what would you leave our audience with as some parting considerations?
0: Dave it's a great question and I I really love what you just said and I think that is also a a really important aspect of Keep America Beautiful's work and that is that every single one of us um, has a responsibility and can make a difference you know if you feel like you're not making a difference by recycling or picking up a piece of litter or planting a tree you actually are and it's, it's up to all of us to do our part and so that we preserve uh, the world and the environment for future generations.
2: Excellent, thanks. Scott, do you have any
1: parting comments? Yeah, I would just, I would just piggyback on what Helen said and I think, I, I know it's a perfect compliment for our mission. One of the big things with the zero waste movement, people look at zero waste as a target on someone's back. We need millions of Americans moving incrementally towards zero waste and not a handful of people that are acting uh, as if zero waste is um, you know some type of goal that's not attainable and only a handful of people are doing it. So I think it's a great opportunity for us to work on the next few years of strategically putting in a roadmap to eliminate waste, eliminate a lot of uh, littering and trash, and really drive this initiative forward. And, and we appreciate your time, Helen, and your feedback. Well,
2: thank you both for joining us. Um... It was a great discussion. I'm sure we can continue this uh, for an hour or more. But unfortunately, we are out of time. And um, again, thank you, Helen. Thank you, Scott. And great, great discussion. For those of thank you who are us. It was us, really
0: great to yeah. be with both of you today. I Thanks appreciate again. your work and what you're looking to achieve.
2: Okay, yeah. thank you. And Let's have a on. great day. Thanks again.